This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. In this episode, we're talking about the practice we call bless, share faith, and unselfishly give and serve. May the way open before you. May you see beyond darkness and light to the love you are, to the love you bring into the world. Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm Kyle Oliver, and I'm here with Sandy Millian. Thanks, Kyle. We are continuing our journey through the seven way of love practices, turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. This episode, we're talking about bless, and we have two very special guests to help us do that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Bishop Curry recently sat down for a conversation about two way of love practices with Canon Stephanie Spellers, uh, who works on issues of evangelism, reconciliation, and stewardship of creation for the Episcopal Church. And uh, not for nothing, she's also our boss on the project of this podcast. <laughs> right. So without further ado, let's throw it to Canon Stephanie and Bishop Curry. So I imagine a lot of people are comfortable with the idea of, of blessing as a part of giving and serving, and not necessarily as the practice of sharing our faith. For people who have this idea that evangelism is manipulative mm -hmm. or that it's convincing people to believe like I believe, how would you help them to reimagine the practice of sharing our faith? You know, part of it has to do with, it, for me anyway, um, getting over the fact that um, evangelism, one-on-one -on -one evangelism is not a church service with an altar call. Amen. And, and, and I mean, there's a place for a church service and an altar call, but that's not what we're talking about in terms of being a presence for and with evangelism in my life. If you look at Jesus, I mean, he's a good example of, of what evangelism looks like. Um, Jesus is always in conversation with people um, about their lives and his life. Um, he doesn't actually preach sermons. Well, he does preach sermons, but in his conversations, he doesn't preach sermons. He actually engages the person he's with and listens to them and listens to their story and sometimes shares his story as well. But his technique is more listening than it actually is talking. I actually believe that the practice of real evangelism by us as individuals is more listening than it is talking, listening uh, to the story of others, listening for the ways the Spirit of God is already moving in their lives, listening to the ways that God is present in their life and in and your own life, and then sharing those journeys together. Um, and I actually happen to believe that evangelism doesn't have an outcome that we predetermine or that we intend. The intention is not for us to make uh, another Episcopalians, although that's great. It's The intention is not for us to make another Christian, though that is great. The intention is for us to be on a journey with somebody else and journey with them into a deeper relationship with the living God that we've known in Jesus Christ. That's the journey. And so it's not so much my knowing all the right Bible passages. It's not so much my being able to quote scripture or, or know all the spiritual answers. It is about sharing the spiritual journey of life with a brother or sister or sibling uh, who's on the same journey that you're on. I feel like what you've just described 
really matches up with placing this practice of sharing our faith as a part of blessing. Mm-hmm. That for some people, they might imagine, oh, sharing faith is an obligation. But actually, it is a blessing. Mm-hmm. You are sharing the blessing of relationship that you might have with God. But just offering that up and then hearing someone else's story, you get mm-hmm. blessed. It's this wonderful circle of blessing that just keeps radiating and circling around us. Um, it's it's not something that you have to be forced to do. It's it's actually a blessing to practice. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was when I was bishop of North Carolina. And we were having conversations about this kind of thing. And I went to a church and was having a conversation with members of the vestry. And we were talking about how people have listened to the stories of others and their own stories. Um, This was the result of um, having done some faith-sharing exercises in the congregation where people were sharing their stories. And I remember uh, several of the members of the vestry talked about they had been members of that church for years and had never actually listened to the spiritual stories of of others in the congregation. They said, I didn't actually know how it was you even became a member of this church, much less um, a follower of Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And out of that conversation, one particular woman who uh, taught at a local community college or was um, a guidance counselor or a counselor at a local community college um, said that just the practice at church of listening to the stories of other people who were already in church actually informed how she was listening to students who were part of her work. And she said suddenly she began to realize very often the questions that were being asked by her students were not just simply academic questions about, do I have to take Biology 101 in order to take Biology 102? They were actually what does biology have to do with the rest of my life? Why am I taking courses in science? Is it because I want to be some kind of scientist or enter a scientific field? And why do I want to do that? Do I want to do that because that actually is a way I can contribute to humanity? Do I want? She said when you actually listen to very practical and real questions, behind those practical and real questions were spiritual questions and yearnings. And very often a story began to unfold that informed those yearnings. And so she realized that there was a whole spiritual world that she wasn't paying attention to before. That's what this evangelism as mutual listening and sharing of lives, that's what's really going on there. And you see it in the Bible. I mean, you actually do see it in Jesus. In John chapter 4, that story of of the Samaritan woman and Jesus at the well. It is a classic conversation where the on one level the conversations are about drinking water and what time of day it is and you know why are you here and why are you talking to me and don't you know I'm a Jew and you're a Samaritan we're not supposed to get along and I mean it's basic human relations social dynamics and yet on other levels as the conversation goes deeper it moves from the basic stuff of their social world to their spiritual worlds. Every encounter, every encounter we have with each other has levels of basic personal relationships, political stuff, economic stuff, work stuff. And underneath it all, there's a child of God who's got a story to tell. That's where evangelism happens. And it's not about manipulation. It's about actually caring for each other's souls. Which is a blessing. 
that is a blessing. Isn't it just? Who doesn't want to receive that blessing? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want anybody coming and telling me what I should believe or mm. that I'm wrong or that I'm going to hell. Mm. But I definitely want somebody to open up a space mm. where the stories of goodness and love in my life have a place. Mm-hmm. You know, where this other person actually wants to hear me mm-hmm. share this. I long for that moment. If I'm a human being, I long for the moment of being heard like that. And thank you. All I would say is thank you. If someone offered that space up for me, it would just be like drinking water, um, taking water in on a parched throat, just saying, oh, I needed this so much. What a blessing that we could offer that with people and receive that from each other. Maya Angelou, um, uh, I, I don't remember what, it was an interview. And I remember her pausing in the conversation and saying to the interviewer, she said, listen to your life. Listen to the stories that it tells. Evangelism is about listening to life to discover the stories that it tells and the God who may well be one of the authors of those stories. Think of someone you're likely to spend time with this week. How could you create a space for a conversation that could be a blessing to you both? So tell us about a time that someone listened to your story of faith hmm. or helped you to even hear your own story better. Hmm. Was there ever a moment hmm. that someone opened up that space for you? Well, you know, ironically, and, and, and this, this probably isn't the best illustration, but it was part of my journey to becoming a priest. Um, it was in that I was in college, and I remember sitting down talking with the chaplain who was on the on the campus, and and I was talking obliquely um, about a lot of stuff, um, you know, campus politics and and stuff that was going on, and you know, I I kind of thought that was the discussion we were going to have, and I kind of thought that's what I wanted to talk to him about. I was I was running for president of the student association, and so that, you know, I was talking to him about that. Um, but a conversation that I thought was going to be about, you know, the politics of being the running for president of the student association and all of that kind of stuff became a conversation about what did I want to do with my life. And I don't remember exactly how that happened. <laughs> I just remember that it did. And that conversation eventually led to a conversation in time, not at that one sitting, a conversation um, about maybe the way for my life was to become a priest. Now, that was, that was just kind of, it was clearly a vocation. I was a student, and it was kind of a vocational conversation. I thought I was there to talk about politics. I was there to talk about God in my life, and what was I going to do in light of it? Yeah, it's a game changer in my life. And I can think of, I mean, over the years, I mean, there's just been remarkable conversations, um, both as a priest and just as a person, 
with people who, in the course of the conversation, unveiled, peeled behind the what was what the present was, and peeled, sort of peeled away slowly until we got to the core of what the real story was. That's that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. I feel like what you're describing that part of what yeah part of what happens when we bless or when we are blessed is that unveiling mm. you know that what blessing does is it 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 pours forth whatever is necessary so that the thing being blessed becomes what it was always supposed to be ah oh, yes and so here you were sharing your story with this chaplain and and what he was doing was helping you to unveil or to uh-huh. to recognize this is the Michael Curry who's been there all along, uh-huh. but let's bring him forth. You know, that blessing draws that out. Uh-huh. It celebrates it. It calls it into being. It calls mm-hmm. us into being. Mm-hmm. And like again, I feel like that's what we do when, if I'm blessing by giving, for instance, if I'm giving money and blessing, Part of what I'm doing is is helping to bring forth whatever it is that needed my financial mm-hmm. resource in order for it to flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm blessing by offering hospitality, what I'm doing is creating the space that someone gets to step into and be fully received and become fully who they were born to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm blessing by sh- by hearing your story or sharing mine, the same is true. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. There is something. Um, I, I don't know who said it, um, and that, that the um, unreflective life is not worth living or something like that. I don't remember. It was Emerson or somebody. I'm sure it was somebody famous like that. Sounds very Emersonian. So it does. We'll go yeah. with that. Transcendental. It, it does. <laughs> There's something about that that um, the, the real message of that is that life to be lived and not simply a matter of being existence um, does call forth the kind of self-reflection that you listen to your life, as Maya Angelou said, and that in that listening to your life over time, there are blessings to be found. There, I mean, there, 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 there really are. Um, I'm not good at journaling. I wish I was. I always wanted to be somebody who could, you know, like every day at the end of the day kind of journal and, and do that kind of I just don't do it. It's just not in my internal discipline to do it. But I wish that I could. But I do um, periodically, especially on retreats, when I, when I take time for retreat, get time to kind of kind of think about what's been going on. Just take the calendar and kind of look back. So what have I been doing for the last six months or something like that? And just kind of look and think back and say, well, what, what did that mean? I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that while I was doing that. What was that? What was going on there? And after a while, y- you do sometimes see patterns in your own life. Um, it's like that poem, Footprints in the Sand. You actually see footprints in the sand, and sometimes they're, they're your footprints and another set of footprints, and sometimes it's just one set of footprints, but you know it's your story. I mean, it's just fine. You wonder, what are those footprints about? What's the story of those? Who was I walking with? What was going on? And I have a feel, my experience, I don't, I'm not good at recognizing the presence of the Spirit in the moment. Now, if I'm in church or something and you feel, I mean, that's one thing. But I'm talking about in life, in the midst of meetings and doing stuff and things happening. I don't tend to see the spirit in that moment. But when I look back, I tend to see, oh, my God, there was a pattern there. There was something going on more than what I thought was going on and what the other people who were involved. And when you look at that, say, 
oh, there was somebody else there. There's a story in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three boys in the fiery furnace, you know, that kind of stuff. And the, the bad king throws them in the furnace and expects them to get, get killed. And he looks um, in the furnace and there's there four people in there. He said, I just threw three people in there. And, and he realizes, oh, my God, God has been in there with them. Um, sometimes when you look back, um, on your life, on, on just a period in your life. You say, well, I was there. I know I was part of that, but wait a minute. There was something else going on there. There was somebody else going on there. And my experience of seeing the Lord in my life has been sometimes looking back and realizing I didn't make that happen. We didn't make that happen. We got to a blessing that none of us created. Oh, like the song says, surely the Lord is in this place. And surely we need other people with us on the road so that we can recognize those moments. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that someone can can remind you, hey, Michael, look back. You know, like whether that's a spiritual director mm-hmm. or a dear friend yes. or a family member. You know, like I need, I, I'm like you, like sometimes I journal, um, I try to, I try to like when I'm really in my spiritual practice, uh-huh. I'm, I'm keeping a prayer journal, like a daily uh-huh. prayer journal every night doing that kind of review. But if I'm not in that practice, I need somebody around me to say, hey, do you remember? Uh-huh. Hey, have a look back. Um, and that person is such a blessing to me, you know, mm-hmm. asking me to recognize God's presence in my own life because I simply forgot to look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep moving. You're, mm-hmm. you're busy moving forward. Yep. Instead of, it's almost like you got to glance back to look ahead. Yeah. Well, we're back. And Sandy, does anything stick out to you in that conversation? Yes, definitely. What sticks out to me is the word unveiling. That idea that a blessing is and can be bringing forth who or what we're meant to be. Uh, to bring forth our calling that sometimes gets buried under social expectations and recognizing who I am and want to be so that my actions and the path that I take can be a blessing to those around me and also myself. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a second guesser, kind of an overthinker, (laughs) and uh, I can have a hard time living in the moment. Mm -hmm. So for me, the thing that stuck out was was just that point that even Michael Curry has trouble sometimes recognizing Mm -hmm. the spirit in in the moments of his life and Mm -hmm. uh, needs those opportunities to look back. And uh, that was really reassuring to me. It felt like it took off a little pressure. Nice. Thanks for joining us for our episode on Bless. The show was produced by Kyle Oliver and me, Sandy Millian, and edited by Kyle. Special thanks to Ana Hernandez for providing our theme and reflection music. Check out her website at anahernandez.org. We had additional music this week by Philip Weigel. His Western Shores is published under a Creative Commons attribution license at freemusicarchive.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute music, a prayer, or feedback, write us at wayoflove@episcopalchurch.org. This is Bill Campbell from Alexandria, Virginia. Just as Jesus called his disciples to give, forgive, teach, 
and heal in His name, we are empowered by the Spirit to bless everyone we meet, practicing generosity and compassion, and proclaiming the good news of God and Christ with hopeful words and selfless actions. Help us, O Lord, to boldly share our stories of blessing and invite others to follow your way of love. Amen. The way of Jesus is the way of love, and the way of love can change the world. You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.